0: All right, welcome everyone to a very special episode of the Fake Nerd Book Club. Uh, We are here joined by Michael Maurici, the creator, co-creator, writer of Wasted Space, which was our very first uh, Fake Nerd Book Club series. Yes, uh, I have all three volumes with me right now.
1: Oh, the third volume
0: volume just came out this week, last week. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. You know, not only have you done Wasted Space, you've done Battlestar Galactica, you've done Star Wars, you did Roche Limit a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, so you've been around the
1: block. I have, I have, yeah, yeah, the town bike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank, on you. The comics.
0: <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. We're very excited to have you here.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here for the, I'm glad we were able to, um, to finally connect you know as you know brand we, we kept striking out and I, and I and i basically which means i i screwed up I I, <laughs> I I do i have to refrain myself should i swear or not swear what's the what's the grade I, level here refrain
0: from the f-bomb but well but everything else is fine
1: it's gonna be a short interview <laughs> 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 no just kidding no, no, no just kidding but no i did screw up some times and stuff for which i apologize oh, i'm glad we're I'm finally it. able to pull it together
0: yeah me too um we uh uh, we so we found Wasted Space quite by accident. We were looking for a new show for a new show to do, a new book to do it with, and uh, Sparks had suggested this this comic that he had heard of Wasted Space, um, and uh, we fell in love with it from the first volume on.
2: Yeah, uh he after he read it he's like, "Oh, um you're going to love this book, Ryan." Because uh <laughs> for real, uh Michael like not to like blow too much smoke up your ass, but like if I were to write a comic, this is the comic I would write, my man. Like this like I love wasted space so much. It is it hits all the notes with what I love about science fiction with like about the the humanity of people while still having the big cosmic aspect of it. Um I think it's really well written. I think it's really clever. I think the characters are great. Um I think it's dope, uh, and I'm glad we get to talk about it. Uh, uh, we didn't know it was an ongoing after the first volume, and we were bummed out. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, this is, this, we don't get to read it anymore, and then luckily we found out it, it got to become an ongoing. Uh, so can you talk about that at all, how it uh, originally wasn't, correct? No, it wasn't
1: originally. No. And, and thank you for, for the kind words. I appreciate it. And thank you Spars, for recommending it. I, I knew I liked you from the start. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Yeah. So when we first did it, um, the first, um, the first roadmap I guess we had was like eight ish, nine ish issues, something like that. You know, this is kind of involves like really nation period. Um, it was like this wave of books. Like they had a few, uh they were kind of out there were like scattered titles good titles uh but scattered titles that they released and then there was this kind of wave that i feel like it was like um wasted space i don't know the order in which they came up it was like wasted space friendo uh fearscape savage shores um and all these kind of books were like around right around the same time of release and they did well for vault. I think it was kind of like the thing that almost kind of like got vault over a hurdle, you know, cause they, they're, they're good books, you know, and I'm not trying to make a testament just to, um, waste of space, but those, the three other that I mentioned are also remarkable comics. Um, and at that, because of that, because it, they were successful, uh, commercially, critically, um, we had conversations like me and Hayden had conversations with the people of vault, which is, you know, Adrian and Damon Wassel who are, uh, the best. Um, and they were like, what do you think about doing more? And, at the time I was a little intimidated because I was like, well, this is kind of a limited thing. Like, I was like, how much can people digest <laughs> of mm-hmm. this show of mm-hmm. terrible people doing yeah. terrible things? <laughs> and uh, apparently a lot. Um, <laughs> and so we said, we sent like these ten pole, poles, I was like, well, this is like a limited thing. We can't have them waxing philosophically. Uh, and I'm sure we'll tell them more that, you know, during the, during the show, we can't have them waxing philosophically for like, you know, for, for, you know, it, infidium, you know, it just doesn't work that way. It's not a concept that is meant to be is not doesn't have the elasticity of who's Iron Man punching this week, you know, like it's, it's a different foundation. So like, really, I was like, well, I sat down I mapped it all out. And I was like, well, these are kind of the things that I originally had kind of wanted to do and kind of stretching some out and adding some based on what I learned in the process of writing the first arc or so um, I was like 25 would be like a really Good number that would be like the magic number that I would like to kind of get to and vault uh to their credits their testament we're like that's that's great and they're all for it and we, we did this whole map of what the series would be uh and they've let me you know take that 25 issues and, and stick to it and go with it and um it's been great you know we're just uh a matter of fact Hayden is just finishing uh illustrating uh issue 20 this week wow. she's just, just about done yeah
0: so you're so you're pretty far ahead
1: yeah, I mean, that was one of the things with, um, you know, you know, as, as sure you all know, I like guess co- when COVID threw, you know, essentially everything off, um, Vault did this really cool thing where they took a step back, you know, they were like, look, they they were very uh, vocal in their outreach to retailers and they were very clear and they're like, we know you guys are struggling. Uh, so we're going to take a step back for a little bit and we're not going to pressure you to buy or pressure you to um you know, extend your wallets beyond what they can extend at this weird time. So everything, they just, they kind of pushed everything away. And the next waste of Space release was the trade. And we're like, well, mm-hmm. we can't do anything until the trade comes out. And we want that out for a little bit as always a strategy. I think this is, waste of Space is kind of a trade read. I don't know how, I, don't, I think it still does. I mean, it, it sells some issues, but I think the trade read is kind of where it's at with this book. So like, well, we're going to release the trade. Uh, and that was supposed to be, in like April originally, or May, something like that. So it's pushed back till now Till where are we? September. Mm-hmm. So we want to give that a little time to gestate. Um, and that gave Hayden some time to really kind of take his time. Uh, the next art is better than anything he's ever done, which is, um, saying a lot, cause I think he's, uh, out of this world. Um, so now we've got this big, uh, this big, uh, lead time. So when 16 comes out next month, it'll be by the time it's out, he's done. He's done up through the next through volume four.
2: Nice. that's that's uh, I think that's great, considering like on our podcast we often talk about like comic book delays and like nothing nothing is is worse than like being super into a book and then having to wait like six months for the next issue so i I would rather I'd rather be delayed and get it like done. you know what i mean i I super appreciate that that mentality too
0: well, you know it reminds me of it reminds me of a uh, saga you know yeah. saga has the we'll yeah. release six issues and then a trade and then we'll catch up, yeah. Oh, I
1: think that's, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But where are you now, Saga? Waste of space here. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly.
0: Uh, Saga took a two-year hiatus.
1: I uh, think <laughs> Waste of Space is coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, we've been taking a hiatus. Uh, yeah, so I want to um, ask, kind of. So no, but we um. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Thank well, you. I was going to say that it's you know we're in a lucky spot though because Hayden is very fast very mm. very fast artist now is even remarkably talented uh he is just a machine uh he does like two to three books at a time um oh, wow. i don't know if that's been because he's doing uh he's doing the angel series right now too head boom and something oh, yeah. else i forget what it might it might not be out yet i forget what he's doing but he's basically he juggles like two or three projects regularly and never misses that's crazy time
2: man that's crazy
1: the, I mean the only reason he's even behind like behind I'm just doing issue 20 now is because he had all this time we're like well we're, we're pushing it back for months so he probably went and draw, like, drew like you know six different books in that time and <laughs> came back to it
0: <laughs> uh, so you did a lot of you've done a lot of space comics you've done Battlestar Galactica you've done Star Wars um, did wasted space come from a desire to kind of make your mark in that genre
1: you no, know, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you where, I can tell you the, the Waste of Space origin story. Um, I was at this period in my career, you know, I don't really write much for Marvel and DC. Um, I don't have crazy ambition to do that. Uh, there's some characters I'd love to do, but I was at this point in my career, I was like, I just didn't know what to do next. You know, Roche Limit, I had done that, and Curse and Burning Fields, and I, and I love those books. And this isn't to take anything away, but I was looking at comics, I was looking at like the comics market and like what's out and I just looked around. And I just was like, man, I just kinda I, I, I wasn't feeling inspired. I felt kind of bored. I felt like like I was just like, I want a comic that just I don't feel like any comic comes out. And this was at a time where I feel like so many comics, uh, you know, like original comics we're coming out with like the gusto of the comics that I love. I feel like they're like, they're like a lot of like bland TV shows, you know, that were just being put into comics and, and I just hate it. I hate that. And I was like, what are the comics? I was thinking to me, like, what are the comics that like, you know, grab you by the shirt, like for me and made me want to read them and made me like shock me and, and surprise me. And, and went to these places that only comics books, comic books go you know that's the beauty that like tv until like the boys you know like tv generally doesn't go to these outrageous places and these dynamic places and you know i started thinking about you know old vertigo arrow stuff especially preacher which is one of my series favorite series of all time and i was like well how do i, I want to do something like this and i think um so, the story is, uh, so the actual like I had all this stuff on my mind, that was kind of like the engine that was going. And this was uh, a Christmas day, uh, a few years ago. Um, I was super sick, uh, I was just remarkably, remarkably sick. And I have two kids, and like you can't be sick on Christmas. And I was going to my in laws, I was like, sick, I was grumpy, I was like, f- uh, sorry, uh, shit. you know, like. <laughs> what am I going to do to get through this day? So I remember going to Walgreens uh, and just, they were open thankfully on, on Christmas day. And I went and just bought all this cold medicine and I got super hopped up on all this, this, this cold cold, med- literally just like pounded cold medicine just so I can get through this, this day. Uh, and I was driving to my in-laws again. I was just like, just, just not feeling, you know, like, <laughs> and waste of space, like popped to my mind. I was like, I had all that stuff before I wanted to do. And I was like, This is what it is. It just, it basically all came to me in this kind of cold medicine
2: fugue state. (laughs) uh, Do you remember what the first thing you thought of was? Was it like Billy? Was it Dust? Was it? Do you remember like what was the idea, the kernel that that brought it to life?
1: It was the title. It was a title. It was about who is somebody who's super, super effed up, and I can play with this title of somebody who's you know wasted all the time, Mm, you know, and just a wasted space because he's such a piece of garbage yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even though what? he's not he's not
3: yeah um one of my questions is when was the part where when you were thinking about how wasted space and the characters what part made you like yeah let's make a god in. let's kill him
1: yeah i don't know you know <laughs> um originally the bad guy was going to be yam like that was gonna be like the, the original oh. long game was okay. yam and i was like I was like, I don't know. You know, I feel like that's such low hanging fruit. I feel like it's such an easy target. So I wanted to be like, how can we make this? Uh, and it's a great question. It's was like, how can we make this so crazy? And I think one of the things I was probably inspired by, like I'm always fascinated by, uh, I, I always want to be in the room for the pitch for the Golden Compass series, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we have this series where these kids are gonna go out and, and they're gonna kill God. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah. did, who who greenlit that it's brilliant i love that series yeah. like who greenlit that <laughs> um, just,
3: when you're talking about how you were hopped up on uh cough medicine during christmas i just think it's funny if you were probably like at a corner in your in-laws house just like trying to recover you are like this sucks i hate life god is dead
1: wait a minute <laughs> on <God is dead. laughs> christmas of all days right on oh, christmas of all days mm-hmm. yeah that probably played a role you know <laughs> um <laughs> I think it i think it came from legion like legion was like the uh-huh. one thing that like i added at the end of issue one i was like man how do i what's the cool hook what's the cool teaser that i can do at the end of this issue and i just and and the way i wrote legion um which i don't know if anybody's seen this is like a prototype this is like i'll show legion right here for those at oh. home oh, wow. oh, shit, I know.
3: <laughs> what?
1: He's, he is That's huge too cool yeah That's we're crazy. We're still getting it out. We're working out the details. I know it's coming. Um, that's that's That's, that's, that's,
3: right. that's cool. Yeah. Because Legion is actually one of my favorite characters in the book. Oh,
1: yeah. oh me too. Here. You heard yeah.
3: it here first, folks.
0: Legion toys are coming. <laughs> Legion
1: toys are coming, man. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if you like Legion, Legion uh, issue sixteen is a is a is an all Legion issue. Nice. Uh, it's just it's like a it's like a little intro with Billy and the gang, and it goes to like cool. just a purely Legion, uh, yeah. and it's it's. Man, Hayden drew the shit out of that, that issue, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know, so weird. Brought, like,
3: the 15 issues I have read, I just love the way Legion talks. Like he'll, like when someone says, "Oh shit," or they're they're swearing up the wazoo, he just turns to him and says, "Language." Yeah. Like he is not afraid to murder your ass, but at the same time, right. he's like, "Hey, be respectful about it."
1: Yeah, I I'm like the really kind cool of like of etiquette. Like he, mm-hmm. he he's he's a stickler for um, courtesy you know um but yeah no I mean that was like the big thing and it's funny I drew him as like oh he's in the script he's like he's this big red kind of god and I wasn't I wasn't intending on him being like 20 feet tall and that's how you know Hayden drew him just massive and I was like what are we gonna do how are we gonna have this guy go around (laughs) in public like what are we and I was just like just, we're, we're just leave it, you know, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it. it was so yeah. brilliant, it's like so good. It's like, no, don't change a thing. <laughs> and uh, we just had to figure it out as we go, but it was one of those happy accidents where it's like it worked mm-hmm. really well with him and the creator being like this kind of like, um, you know, oppositional forces, uh, which in, the, you know, working and, you know, orchestrating the background, which is something I, I, I've come to really enjoy. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
4: somewhat related to the end of issue one with Legion's appearance, um, the beings around Legion are all in a circle, and they have a whole bunch of images of the universe coming yeah. down upon them. Are they all high? Probably. Are they all
2: getting high? Okay. <laughs> 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 the <laughs> universe, <baby. laughs>
1: Most likely, yes. Yeah, the, that's. Uh, I kind of ripped that from Minority Report. You know, where all those people are like just kind of like monitoring mm-hmm. stuff. I kind of oh, yeah, that. yeah, I can't,
4: I can't, I can't tell you how much I, I. It wasn't just Legion's appearance; I was hooked on the one that gets up and says, "I have to go and wake us." And I'm like, "What concept is this?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that that pulled me in really fast.
0: <laughs> awesome. awesome. There's a lot of there's a lot of fun visual gags in this in this um, which so I want to know where kind of was this was this uh, Hayden or was this you? The one one scene that I really like. Is when they're getting the nuke, and they and they are in the ship, and the and the image is just a splash page of the ship going through, and you kind of see the the little guys jump out of the ship, get the nuke, jump into the ship, and fly off. And I just think that's so funny. Was that in the script, or was that Hayden doing like having fun?
1: Uh it's probably more hate. I remember writing that in that particular way. Cause I want I like making uh important things trivial. You know, I think there's a line before that, in fact, where Billy's like, Oh shit, I forgot there's a second new game. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, um, and that's kind of like and I love that you bring that up. And I think I to answer the first question, I think that's mainly a hated thing. Like he him and I talk a lot about that, and we're on the same page with that, which is so good. And he has such a great sense of humor. Like we want to take a kind of like animated style approach, you know, like not, not like, like make it look like animated or like it's supposed to be an animated show. But one of the brilliant things that like animated shows do that I love, like Simpsons or Rick and Morty or whatever, it's like, there's a texture of gags to that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff that people are saying that are funny there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the background in the foreground there's like all these like little sort of gags that are happening i forgot what the rule is of like the simpsons has a joke like every three seconds it's like visual visual uh, uh dialogue or something else I, I have to it's escaping me but like they have this really strict kind of rubric of like this is how we do our jokes it's like mm-hmm. something every three seconds and we're not that strict on it but it's like i wanted to build know kind of structure the the stories around like being able to have like these weird gags and having like just stupid shit in the panels and people who what people are saying and like Mm -hmm. constantly kind of like push that envelope to have it be funny you know there are people are saying like really you know heavy stuff but there's also there's also dick jokes (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, uh so yeah um I yeah, wasted space. I think uh, I think it rules right, and I and I just reread Roche Lemon again because uh, I I didn't realize you wrote that book, and I picked that book up when it originally came out. Uh, oh, that well, book thanks. Rules. Uh, That book is very much uh, a tonally uh, not as funny as Wasted Space, no. um, but I also <laughs> I also uh, think that book is incredibly incredibly cool and like it's it's like. It's like total recall, like crime noir. Like, I don't know how to really describe it. And like, that's why I like about your books. Like it combines so many different genres to really be its own unique thing. Because when you start Roche Limit and where you end Roche Limit, you would not have expected that. Like you you think it's like a crime story and then there's stuff about the Black Sun. I'm like, what's, that's insane. Um, (laughs) Can you talk about like your influences? Because like, I feel like, Cause you're friends with like, um, at least on Twitter, like um, Zach Thompson and, and Lonnie mm-hmm. Nadler, and they oh, also yeah. write my favorite genre stuff at vault and aftershock. And it feels like you all all have the same, like, you know, we grew up watching all the same effed up stuff. Uh, can you talk about any of that stuff? Yeah, yeah, no, of course.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, Zach and, uh, Zach and Lonnie are, are good friends. We've been, we've been buddies for a while and I, I deeply admire their work. They're both t- together and uh, unique um, on their own solo stuff there. They're wonderful. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of influence, I mean, my biggest influence um, in terms of this sort of stuff, in terms of like the sci-fi, um, it's, hmm, who should I say? I'm trying to narrow it down. I mean, Vonnegut is the biggest for sure. You know, Vonnegut was the guy for me who... I don't like sci-fi. That's like, like, like. I'm not gonna read the Three Body Problem, wherever it's called. I, I, that's 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 not gonna happen <laughs> because What's it's just, you know, be that. <laughs> You may watch the show, yeah, but it's just it's so uh, dense and hard. You know, I like the people who humanize sci-fi. That's why it's like almost like I almost I almost wonder if I'm a sci-fi fan because I don't like that kind of stuff. But I like vonnegut and I like Philip K. Dick, who find ways to take really super weird and. Uh, challenging concepts and humanize them in this really, really great way, especially Vonnegut, whose ideas are tremendous and off the wall. And that's what he does so very, very well. And even better than that is the way he humanizes them, the way he makes, you know, Sirens of Titan is, you know, a book. You can read that as a book about, you know, a guy, you know, taking a journey to Mars or, sorry, journey to Titan and rocket ships, stuff like that. But really, it's about a story about a man. Uh, seeking fulfillment and realizing that there's no such thing, you know, and it's it's really at its core a very deeply, deeply human story. And and Vonnegut is hilarious. Vonnegut is so funny, and man, just balance all these different. I'm sorry, man, just to balance all these different things while delivering a really, really remarkably good story that's, like, a page-turner, too. You know, Solar House 5 is a page turn, Breakfast of Champions, whatever it yeah. is. You keep going, and he's very weird. It's very... Uh, 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 just out there, but it's always, you know, funny, and it's humane, and it's a great story. And that's kind of things I want to do, you know, like, you know, Blade Runner or Gattaca uh, oh, yeah. or those kind of movies. You know, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's you all stuff. I, I love that stuff.
0: You have at the back... Uh uh that, that michael morisi and hayden sherman have thrown philip k dick in a blender with preacher yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: was that, that, is, that was is that, is that your idea or was that the publisher
1: that's probably Vault. that's probably yeah. Vault. i mean it's true it's true i mean like there's a lot of like phil k dick uh from um the world that jones made was, pre- was pretty influential on this um Flow my tears, policeman said. I would say so too. Um, those are some pretty specific stuff that comes to mind. Um, and Dick does the same thing. I think Dick is a little colder than Vonnegut. I think Vonnegut's always been a warmer writer to me, and I really like that. I really want. Um, I really want a waste of space at the end of the day to still be a very human story and a very like easily accessible human story, and and Vonnegut does that so well, and Dick does too, just not. It, the drugs get in the way a little, <laughs> um, yeah. um, so it's a little different, but still uh, achieving very similar ends. Hmm. I love it. Um,
0: the uh, the The Christmas special of Wasted Space has, <laughs> uh really shines a light on how much of an asshole our main character is. Yes. Um, how do you How do you balance making him? Both likable and unlikable at the same time, often on the same panel.
1: <laughs> um, uh, you know it's tough. You know, I, I and it's funny. I, I forget about the the Christmas special. <laughs> just the the worst lesson. <laughs> like, how do we take O Henry and just learn nothing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the thing with Billy is that like is he is deeply unlikable because Mm -hmm. if he were around today, he'd be the guy on Twitter, just not getting it, you know, (laughs) you know, Um, but I think he's also the guy who you see in in a, in a more forgiving space than Twitter. um, Who's a guy who wants to get better, you know, like deep down, you know, when you're writing, there's always, there's always two things that I think great characters have is what they want and what they need. And what Billy wants is to kill the creator. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the overall mission of the book, but what Billy needs is to redeem his soul. So like, as long as he's on that journey and his need remains the same, and sometimes he deviates and he finds different things that he thinks are going to redeem his soul. um, And I think that those are all very relatable needs you know like oh he's you know found love or he's found you know released for his for his anger against these people who've wronged him or you know whatever the case may be we kind of can go along that journey with him because so we're like we get we get taking those shortcuts to be like I know I have this problem and I know I need this need to be fulfilled but like as long as I maybe I can maybe i can shortcut my way to fulfillment to me i can shortcut my way to feeling better about life and existence uh but you know the story goes on with billy and he still hasn't gotten to where he needs to be and that's that's to fulfill that need is it the same thing as his want it can be uh i think we'll find that in the last the last arc (laughs) Um, but you know like that's that's the thing that i think keeps billy relatable and human is that like he has a really Common and relatable want, a need, and we, I think, we all feel that way, and that's what makes it packaging that in like a you know, something that's funny still, and great people around him makes him all the more digestible and understandable. You know, it's, it's hard how far we push him. Uh, there's been times where I didn't want to push him as far as we did, you know, and saying terrible stuff. I remember Adrian, the editor, the scene, uh, I think it's in the first arc where they get captured and by Rex. And Rex is, uh, and he, he rips into Rex. He's basically r- ripping into the generation of like mm-hmm. people on their phones and Twitter. And mm-hmm. they all have like hive mind. And I was like, Yeah, you know, I think I, I think we're going to rattle some of the wrong cages here. And Adrian's like, no, 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 no. Go, just push that further, push it further. And we did, and I think it works. Although I did get people who emailed me who were like, <laughs> <laughs> and i get dude, it no. i get it i was like hey just because i wrote it doesn't mean i agree with it you know like yeah. it, that's not the same thing you know billy can say things that i'm horrified by but you know that's just it's that's, all in that's favor character.
3: it's all true to the character
1: right 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 exactly
3: yeah, Bi- yeah. billy when I, when I was reading this billy definitely seems like uh I don't want to sound, make this sound mean, but he definitely seems like that one person who was in college who took uh, a whole bunch of psychology and philosophy classes and came out that guy by like sophomore junior year, like who's like walking down campus thinking, I'm better than all of you. You all suck. But he turned into- And a, then dropped out. Yeah, and then <laughs> dropped out because, it, because it's pointless. But one of the things I want to ask you, because um, when I was reading this, there were many times I got a whole lot of Rick vibes where there's this one scene that's just- I'm just g- busting my gut laughing, trying not to laugh so loud to wake up my girlfriend. But then, like immediately, the next page just turns to eleven of super depressing shit. Where, I'm like, so how how do you do that? Do do you plan it, or what's what's the process for doing that, or does just how or does it just come out organically where something like really funny happens and then it goes to some some real hardcore depressing stuff. <laughs>
1: Well, um, yeah, a lot of that is planned. You know, I try to make it mm-hmm. uh the, the emotional through lines pretty clear because you know, in a way it's kinda easy because tragedy and comedy are so close. You yeah. know, like there's a lot of like a lot of it's it's all about how you kind of view something and it's easy to make something like in one moment you're 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 laughing about something, but you could just as easily be crying over it at the same time. And I think Billy has built up so many walls that it's easy for him to laugh about it. But the second that he tears those walls down and you expose that core of a guy who's made deep mistakes, uh, terrible mistakes, but feels deeply terrible about them. And I think that Brandon kind of goes back to your question about how to make him likable is like, he's made terrible mistakes, but he feels terrible about them. And like, that's when you get to that depressing stuff where it's like, mm-hmm. he can't do anything but laugh. Cause the moment he doesn't, you know, all he can do is cry. And, um, I want to make that true for Billy as fun as a character he is to write. He's also a difficult character, to write Because he is, um, you know, he's, he's, he's flawed and he's also sad. He's a, you know, it's great to see him lashing out, but his, whenever he lashes out against, you know, anybody around him, usually Rex, you know, like it's often kind of coming from a place of, of sadness and regret and all the mistakes that he's made. So it's, it's, sometimes hard to find a balance between those things of like you know exposing that real core and also him kind of constantly at war with that same core where he just doesn't want to deal with it so he covers it up with acerbic humor and i'm better than everybody else um and that's the only way that he can shield and shield these things that he's done and the person that he's allowed himself to become because he knows you know he knows that while you know the, he can look at it and say well the creator did me wrong and and i was using this and that but he knows he's complicit you know he knows that he played a role he enjoyed playing the role while while the ride was going um so he's he he's uh he's a complicated character which are the best characters but he's also a challenging character to to write and uh but i, I enjoy that i enjoy the challenge i enjoy writing billy not as much as i enjoy writing dust but i do enjoy
0: writing that's <laughs> why that's yeah. why dust is such a good foil for him because mm-hmm. dust will stay with him no matter what because he knows yeah. this
1: exactly Yeah. That's, that's why, you know, he's driven to do the good thing despite the difficulty and Billy's the opposite. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Sparks, do you have a, another?
1: Um,
4: So there's an audio piece of wasted space, Um, a whole love the whole first volume. How did that project come about?
1: Yeah. um, uh, I think it was uh, so Vault has like their, you know, management who does their film, uh, and then they they have another management that does like their um, you know book market and all that kind of stuff. And it, and then he has a relationship with uh, graphic audio, um, and they were looking to excuse me, they're looking to adapt uh, some graphic novel stuff. And they had done some in the past. I think they primarily done uh, Marvel adaptations, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they looked at Vault's lineup, and that's something that that, that really interested them to do. Uh, so they did. I mean, I I was kind of like didn't play a huge role in it. And, um, I just like creative consultant, I guess you can say, but they did such a good job, that I didn't really have to do much. You know, it sounded great. It had like great effects. It had, it was, it was, uh, the voice actors were so good. It was such a, it it was such a fun adaptation. Um, but yeah, we were lucky. They saw, I guess, you know, graphic audio saw something in it. Yeah. They're, they're a little bit, the way they framed it to us, um, you know they're different than odd audible you know audible is kind of like straight novels and stuff like that you know adaptation for like basically for readers and the thing that i really loved about graphic audio is they're like you know some of their main customers uh listeners are like uh truck drivers and long haul long haul drivers which is actually what my my own dad used to be uh, and i was like oh that's
2: that's amazing you know i love
1: tapping into that audience i love tapping into somebody who doesn't go maybe doesn't go to a bookstore or a comic shop and be able to like. I think that's like the beauty, you know, one of my favorite, you know, my heroes in this world is Stephen King. And I think one of the beauties of Stephen King is that everybody experiences King because he speaks a very middle American language, a very like Americana. And anybody from people, you know, truckers to academics to, I went and saw him read about two, two years ago, three years ago, something like that. And the line, it was like a presale, you know, you can only get in by buying presales. It was sold out weeks ahead of time. And like the line to just to get in for people at tickets, just, just to go and get in was like, just like through the parking lot, down city streets it was huge. And that line was filled with old people, uh, young people, black people, white people, everybody. It's just everybody read Steve, read Stephen King, you know, because he kind of transcends like that, um, that narrow thinking that like this is what a comic book reader is and this is what a novel reader is and he just speaks to everyone and i hope you know i like that somehow my work hopefully you know something like waste of space or whatever kind of taps into the same thing and graphic audio was able to kind of expand that and i like that we're you know breaking that rubric of like you know as you guys know as comic man the direct market is just such a such a narrow lane you know for many many reasons uh but the more we can open that up, the better, you know, and I, and I love that. I love what Graphic Audio did. I believe they're in the middle of the second one, I think, or it, I don't think it's oh. out. Maybe awesome it's out. Time. I don't think so. Um, but um, yeah, they did. I mean, at the end of the day, besides all that, they just they did a great job. And I, and I love that adaptation. It's super fun. Uh, yeah. I got to
2: say, um, I, I was never I never thought of making. Like, it makes sense making books into, into uh, audio form, but I never thought about podcasts. Um But I decided on a whim to try out the Marvel Wolverine one. Um, oh, yeah. And it's, it's excellent. And it's written by mm-hmm. the guy who writes the current Wolverine comic. Yeah, and ben. I'm like, oh, wow, this is real. You can really do this. And it makes mm-hmm. me want to type a Waste of Space one now that, you, it's, that it's good. So, ben, yeah, would yeah, you, yeah, Ben would did, did you, a great job with that. Sorry.
0: Ben, would you agree with the Stephen King assessment there?
1: Don't you dare!
2: Don't <laughs> he's, you ever... he's a King fan here. hes, he's, he's, he's no, I'm not. Want
3: to... no! I'm not. It's a stupid running joke <laughs> that's been going on for three and a
2: half years. <laughs> uh, so, okay. You got something, Brandon? I got something.
0: Yeah. Um, I hmm. want to talk a little bit about. Um, you, so you've done some, some licensed comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done Planet of the Apes. You've done Battles of Galactica. Um, Robocop. I mean, bro, bro, Did Robocop. I, it's true, I'm a huge Battlestar Galactica fan. Uh, that Battlestar Galactica that you, that you wrote, those characters. Um, when you are, when you, I guess the question is, have you approached uh, the license holders to do these books or have they approached you? Like, are you a and go oh. go looking for them?
1: Yeah, um, it works both ways sometimes. Um, like for Star Wars, I'm, I'm a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I, I don't consider myself much of a, sci- even though I've written a bit sci fi, uh, I don't consider myself like a huge, huge sci fi fan. Uh, but I love Star Wars with, with all of my heart. And I love Battlestar too. I love Battlestar. Uh, so, Star Wars, I pursued them. Battlestar, I think they asked me, I think. I think Dynamite, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Dynamite asked me. And, and uh, not only did I leap at it, but it was so great because they let me do whatever I want. They're mm-hmm. like, Basically, to like, yeah, I, mean, I think I think dynamite is just one of those things. If you don't use the property, you lose it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they're just like, ah, we got to put out something, <laughs> oh, and <laughs> um, they um, they're like, you know what? And it's hard. Battlestar's writing Battlestar is really really hard because it, it, if you know that show is like airtight. Like it just goes yeah. day by day there's not besides which the space that I, ran, I wrote in which is uh seasons two to three like in that period where they skip a few months mm-hmm. there's no time lapse in between you know it's not like you know between you know empire and jedi which is a, at least a year there's, no, there's just no it's day to day and uh so it's tough so luckily that that two to three window uh was it was one window that's open um but let's see, uh, other stuff that I've done. I think, um, I think Planet of the Apes, they, they came to me as well. Um, I just did a stranger thing, thing stranger things thing, uh, oh, yeah. that's coming out next month. And they came to me cause they knew sometimes they just know you're a big fan, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I love stranger things. I've talked about it plenty, uh, online and stuff like that. So they kind of recognize like, oh, this person likes stranger things or this person likes Battlestar, uh, Star Wars is the one that I really had to doggedly, doggedly <laughs> pursue, uh, and I'm so glad I did. You know, I've been writing that for a few years now. Just I was actually writing it all day today, as a matter of fact. Um, and um, but yeah, it all it's a kind of a case by case thing. But I think usually it's like they come after you, mm-hmm. um, and then you have to be approved uh, by the licensor. It's a whole process, but it's usually pretty. Pretty painless. It's always the best though when you're writing something that's like like Bastard. that's not on the air right now, so it's that like it's not considered a live mm-hmm. property because then nobody really cares. <laughs> um, and there's like way less rules. they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah you do whatever. But you did. <laughs> um, you did
0: Star Wars Adventures for IDW. You have the Battle Tales for Clone Wars. It's almost done uh, printing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was also another kind of COVID. Everything threw that off because I was supposed to come out. Um, that's been done for a while that was i mean done not released but done mm. those supposed to come out five wednesdays the five wednesdays in april was supposed to be weekly uh mm. then it got kicked back and then it got we were like okay let's do monthly and then the relaunch of star wars adventures happens after that and i'm writing at least i don't know how long i'm writing for actually uh, i'm writing issue four right now so at least the first four <laughs> <laughs> and then i think i take a break and then i come back a few issues later because i know I know what my next storyline is. I just don't know where it falls. Yeah. I guess but that's, that's exciting because
0: I think you're the first person to write stories set between last Jedi and rise of Skywalker.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's, um, yeah. So, Oh yeah, that's right. I did that. I did that. I forget what star Wars adventure stories that were. And then I was supposed to write the first story after Rise that Skywalker, but it got like nixed. At oh, the last really? Second. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. I was like, wait, because uh, it got solicited as that. It's like, follow, you know, Ray after Rise of Skywalker. Then somebody oh, wow. saw that and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we had to change that up, which is fine, which is fine. I think we're still telling a good story, but that would have been cool. That would have been pretty sweet.
2: Yeah. Is right. is Star Wars? Uh, is that like your white whale? Is that like the thing? Like now that I'm writing that, like, oh, uh, my dreams are 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 good. Or is there like another property where, like, if I can get that one, then I'm good.
1: No, it's Star Wars. I mean, there's other yeah. stuff that I would still love to do that I'm like that I think that I would have a ton of fun characters or yeah. worlds, whatever. But like Star Wars is always Star Wars is like the one. Um, oh yeah, I believe well, it. Oh yeah. In in I got lucky.
3: To-
4: in relation to the Star Wars Adventures, which you've been doing a great job with, um, the battle oh, tales. But, um, Thank you. Uh, Is there is there a lot of like any kind of pushback on on where you need to stay in realms of continuity kind of thing? Because I'm sure they like really micromanage a lot of the other series that that Marvel mm-hmm. does, but I don't know how much they'd really get on your case about Adventures. Is oh, it a yeah. looser? Do you feel?
1: yeah yeah for sure I mean we're in a really good spot um well there's two things one is kind of like I've learned to like how to navigate that a little bit because I've been doing it for a while I don't know how long for for how much but I've been doing it for a while uh like my first like my first go at it when I was doing um uh what was it the flight of the falcon was my first series and they were like I was like what if we write about uh oh god I can't believe I'm drawing a blank uh, Han, oh, old, old Mandel. I was like, well, we did something with Mandel and they're like, no. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, you're not touching that. And I was like, fair. <laughs> so, it's like, it's, unless you don't ask for stupid stuff, you're not like, hey, can I write, you know, uh, Ray? can I, you know, I've had people be like, asking basically like, to retcon. I've had a few people ask like, if I can retcon Kylo and Ray and all that stuff, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker they're yeah, like, I write children's Star Wars comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, why do you think I have the power to change the movie? <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> you see your name next to Star Wars, and they assume, oh my God, it's George Lucas.
1: Yeah, yeah that guy's powerful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's, a, there's a hierarchy of canon that starts at the movies and then trickles down. Yeah, yeah, right,
1: exactly. And we so and it's weird, kind of like I don't know about like in terms of like obviously. Lucasfilm pays uh, a lot of heart and mind to everything. And, and, but like Marvel is so different because Marvel is like a continuing story that is like, we're both canon, but like Marvel is like deliberately filling in spaces. Uh, The Adventures line bounces around, like, you know, like it'll be like, so uh, for instance, like issues one and two uh, of the relaunchers, a Ray Finn Poe story that takes place, you know, right before Rise of Skywalker three and four, Uh, is an obi-wan phantom menace story you know phantom menace era story Mm -hmm. you know so there's not like it's purposeful so kids can pick up an issue or two and they don't have to know like the 17 that came before it you know because they're kids Mm -hmm. and that's i think that's fair but like we don't we're not laden with so much continuity we can't contradict something that's already happened or going to happen and we can't like rewrite anything or whatever but like there's a lot more flexibility in terms of like, like exactly like what you're saying. Like the, the demands for me aren't as tough as they are for Marvel because Marvel is like, it just, it's a different thing. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay with that. (laughs) And I like writing for kids a lot better.
4: Right. Cause you're both Canon, but they're building a timeline and you're just, having fun you, spots in the time
2: it almost seems like yeah. you know it'd be great to write you know the star wars like marvel comic but it almost seems like you're beholden to so much continuity and people upstairs were like can i just write like the cool clone wars like battle because like that seems like you just like tell fun stories like almost however you want of course with like limitations but like i feel like i'd rather write your book than like the main book
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that's the beauty of it i mean to be honest i do like that more i mean like uh like the Clone Wars thing was actually my pitch. Like the battle tales like originated from me, like which uh is not very often. Like usually like Lucasfilm film is like, you know, we're gonna or or, or IDW or both, like we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. Uh, or I was like, Hey, Clone Wars are coming back, you know, let's let's do a Clone Wars series. And, you know, they were like, sure, uh, which uh which is great. Um, excuse me. Um but like And Marvel doesn't do that, you know. They don't have that same kind of flexibility. Like we can bounce around the timeline, like I said. So like we can just do like, hey, let's do a fun Clone Wars series, and it's not Mm -hmm. even continuity late. And you know where it takes place. It takes place early in the Clone Wars. That's kind of Mm -hmm. all you need to know. It's not like we're worried about really anything. I (laughs) watch
2: Clone Wars. Like I'm not worried about where exactly. Like I know there's a lot of there's a lot of battles. I get it.
1: There's a lot of battle. That series doesn't even take place in order. Who knows when those episodes yeah. are happening? I don't even know. <laughs> like... <Yeah.
0: laughs> the last season doesn't take place in order either. It doesn't? Nope. The the second arc takes place way before the first arc.
1: So Ahsoka's arc, the Kurusan, takes place before the Bad Bash stuff? Yep.
2: That's so <laughs> non- that doesn't make any I hate it.
1: I believe it. I didn't know that. I did not yeah. know that.
0: Because in the beginning of the Coruscant arc, when Anakin is on Coruscant, he's not supposed to be there. He's supposed to be in the Outer Rim. That's how you know it takes place before.
2: Mm, oh, yeah. That actually that tracks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Siege of so Mandalore storyline
3: was easy to follow.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, oh boy. So, <laughs> um, so you, you, you're a comic writer. Uh, you also have a, a published uh, novel um is that uh it's called black star renegades is that correct yeah Mm -hmm. okay so um is that is being a novelist something you wanted to be from the get-go or is that something that like you you wanted to write comics and then you became like a novelist or was it kind of just all at the same time
1: um no i think it's both you know like i uh you know i just i love writing so much like this is what i do all day um i just adore the craft and i you know it's allowed me that's you know, I, people ask, and I'm not like I'm paying myself in the back because I'm not saying everything I've done is good, but I have done a lot, and it's because I'm able to be prolific because I just love this so much. I love writing. Um, and so I wanted to write novels. I've always wanted to write comics, even film, you know, like, hopefully, you know, I, I, I sold a movie this year and wrote uh, wrote that, written that, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> um, and um,
3: You did the thing, you know, that's all that matters. <laughs>
1: I did the thing with the writing and the pen and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of always want to do both. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, Black Star Rangings was the thing that came out of, you know, going to your question earlier, Brandon, where they're like, how did these things happen with licensed stuff? Like I was pitching an editor uh, then, uh, who eventually became my novel editor, Black Star Rangings editor at, at um, St. Martin's uh, Press. And he was like, I was pitching it and wasn't getting anywhere. And he's like, hey, you really love Star Wars, just write something that's like Star Wars. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and I pitched him that. And we were off and running, you know, so it's kind of like, people know what you love, and you're able to kind of lean into those strengths. But, you know, I've been lucky to be able to do, um, I've been lucky to be able to do different things, you know, and I love being able to do that. Like, I kind of, I don't say get bored, I just get antsy, you know, I couldn't write, you know, I couldn't be dan Slott. you know i couldn't write 900 issues of something i would just lose my i would lose my mind like i just could, yeah. cannot be like i write spider-man for a decade like <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> i mean good for good for him good for him this is a knock on dan slot he did a great job oh boy i couldn't I would, I would i would just i would go nuts uh i kind yeah, of just i'm the, not that the
2: writer. man uh to write yeah 10 years of the same thing i'm like man that's you got to be the type of person that's I, i'm the same way like i i don't think i could do that i don't that's crazy no uh, yeah i really
1: love spider-man man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, So uh, is we real
2: quick because it's tied to
1: what
4: he was just saying yeah. uh is there um because we talked about you like not not getting too involved with Marvel and DC, but uh is there a character where you've like, I'd like just a year. Just a year where I get to just tell one concise thing.
1: Uh Swamp Thing. Nice. Um, Swamp Thing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I got the Swamp Thing
2: <laughs> tattoo. That's all, <laughs> all about it. That.
1: Oh sure. man. Oh, it's, dude. Not, yeah. it's from uh, dude, that's yeah. rad. yeah Ooh, Ooh that's nice. That's it nice. makes sense if yeah, everything love-
2: else is right. Yeah, the Swamp Thing would be your guy. That's that makes sense. That'd be really yeah, cool.
1: I, I so, love Swamp Thing. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried pitching on it. It's a, it's a hard thing because Swamp Thing's not always running, and they don't seem to really know what they want to do with it. So sure, makes
2: sense. You know,
1: man. it's it's like that or Animal Man. Like I'm not really like like I don't want to write the Justice League. Uh, that's not really, yeah, sure. I, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. But like the, the weird off the beaten path stuff, uh, I would totally love to do. Uh, but that, those, those, those are hard, tough nuts to crack.
2: Have you read Immortal Hulk by any chance?
1: Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. Okay. The yeah. the L.U. Yeah.
2: yeah. Cause I think of like, yeah. like off the cuff, like mainstream Marvel comics. Cause I understand like, I like not running right like Batman or like, or Captain America. Uh, but I look at Immortal Hulk and I'm like, Oh, you can do that to the Hulk. Um, like, I, I want more of that for every comic book. Uh let me have to sit.
1: I wish. I wish. Because he <laughs> nailed it. He nailed yeah. it. Like, oh Hulk was a horror comic all this time. We didn't see that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. A, I wasn't a huge Hulk fan until I started reading Immortal Hulk. Now I'm like, I want it all. I give me all valuing Immortal Hulk stuff stuff. I love yeah. yeah, but going it's, back to earlier but going back to earlier when you said that you both you write both comics and uh, novels what's your process from jumping in between the two because I can only imagine that with the comic book you have a script you have to describe things in a different way dialogue is different whereas a prose novel it's completely different writing wise what's your process for writing both a comic book and a novel
1: well yeah that's a uh, that's a great question um you know I guess I could say you know I find and I don't mean this as a knock on comics and I'll explain why but I, I find that writing a novel is way more satisfying because like mm-hmm. it's just me and all the artistry you know artistry uh, <laughs> is going into the book you know like there's no artists there's no colors there's nothing like that so like what you see is what you get like that finished product is is mine and I have to kind of be I'm not more invested but deep deeply uh deeper is a deeper investment because like a script you know script is like the least sexy thing in the world you know like it's Mm -hmm. just instructions for the artist that's all a script is it's just like draw this thing (laughs) you know (laughs) like and they make it look great like Hayden makes it look great I try to write really cool scripts I try to like write interesting scripts like I write in a very casual way and I'm just like make it fun and have some levity to it But like, really, it's the least sexy thing in the world. It's just it's no different than like, you know, a manual for putting together a bookshelf. It's just like, here's what you do. (laughs) That's it. Um, And then in the dialogue, you know, and and so there's really, you know, it's not, it's not the, they're not the funnest things, right? They're challenging. And I love breaking story. And I love writing. It's not like I don't love the process of doing it and bringing a story to life and structuring it and you know fleshing out these characters everything we talk about billy or molly or dust or whomever um but like when you write a novel it's really doing it on your own and filling in those old gaps it's a whole different craft to it it's also like the writing is a craft the writing in the script isn't a craft you know like in turn both of them are the same storytelling craft which is what i love but there's no writing craft like to a script you just you're trying to make it as clear as possible. If you're trying to make a craft out of your writing of your script, you're kind of an asshole because like, you're just making <laughs> it hard for your, <laughs> you know, for your, your artist is just trying to like, just
2: give me the point. Just get like, Dude, tell Alan me Moore, this panel. Alan Moore would yeah. write like three pages for one panel. And I'm like, it's just a tree, Alan. Like, yeah. come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the great storytellers, but of our time, of any time, but good God, why are you doing this to your artists? You know, yeah. <laughs> like they just, you're just wasting their time. You know, like if you can just say Batman punches Luther or Batman punches Joker, whoever, just say Batman punches, that's it. Just Batman yeah. punches. That's all you have to say, you know, like, and I do see, you know, writers who fret over that and it's like, you know, like it doesn't matter. You know, they're gonna, artists, they're the artists, they're the ones who know how to execute that on the page better than any writer on the face of this earth like unless it's like a writer artist whatever let's like sean murphy or whatever but like any writer who's going to write a script doesn't know how to execute on the page as much as an artist like i trust them to do their job my job is to structure the story
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: my job to do that and kind of flesh out these characters their job is to make it a- execute all that on the page they know how to do that i know how to do what i do and that's how collaborations work and if you're doing more than that and just trying to make an artistry of your script you're just wasting everybody's time. Well, <laughs> you know, like...
2: I was just about Scott to bring Snyder. Snyder and Capullo up. Yeah, yeah
0: he, he used to talk about ages ago when he first started doing Batman that, you know, when he first started, he would be very descriptive. But then after a while, he started. To, he and Greg got a re- repertoire together. They got They got trust and they were able to kind of have a shorthand and they yep. didn't need to be so descriptive anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something I've learned definitely over years, you know, because I used to, my scripts used to be much longer than they are now. And it's like, it's weird, you feel like you're like shorting, short changing or something like that, You're like, well, I'm getting paid, you know, X amount, I got to put in X amount, but that payment is for the outlining and the characters and all that kind of stuff that like, you don't see in the script, but exists in there. Nonetheless, that's, that's what the work is, you know, like the work isn't, You know extraneous details you know and and again it's something that you learn over time you know and i've learned that especially with hayden you know now it's like i don't have to really write anything you know like i'll I'll, there's sometimes i'm like hey you know this page is you know they're gonna run from this guy (laughs) you know and that's that's really all he needs and he does it and it works better i mean some writers don't like that they're like hey break it down panel by panel and that's what they want each collaboration is different but hayden uh, and a lot of artists I like, I work with, really like that freedom to be like, "Hey, make this page your own. This is what needs to happen. Make it happen." Like, I'm not trying to be lazy, but you want to also like, again, it's the magic word is collaboration, and this is what you do, and have some owners. You it gives artists more ownership over the storytelling, and I think that works. You know, I really think that works, and I'm a big, uh, I really endorse that idea of letting artists kind of like run, and you get some really cool stuff that's really. And waste of Space Alone kind of changed a few things, and, and always for the better.
0: Yeah.
2: I love it. Nice. Um,
0: so we are running a little long, so I want to ask, do we have a, another question we want
2: to ask? I got one more question, and I'm good. Okay. Um, so, um, Roche Limit was optioned for a TV show uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I don't know if you have any developments on that, because I uh, I don't think every comic or, or thing needs to get turned into a into a movie or property or whatever, but like, I really, I really like Roche Limit, and I think it would be a dope a dope, like procedural te- or not procedural, but like a dope, like noir TV show. Is there any development with that at all?
1: Well, um, yeah. So, okay. So, yes, but not in the original iteration. So, I can tell because time has passed. So I can, I think I've yeah. to- said the story before. If I haven't, well, now it's going to be public. <laughs> so, <laughs> with the original iteration that we sold to Fremantle, who does uh, American gotcha. Gods and other stuff,
0: I used to who, work for that? Fremantle. Really? Yeah
1: wow did you were you like did you ever know about i know it's like huge like did you ever this was i don't know three four years ago maybe oh it was maybe after i left then oh okay <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, i mean there's nothing to do actually Fremantle was great you know they were actually uh they kept that thing going uh and it was to, with sci-fi so the <laughs> the very very long story show because this one this went, went on for, for years um, the long story short is that honestly, yeah, you know, uh, uh, so many comics get optioned. You yeah, use probably an announcement every day of something getting optioned, and that's great, great for the creators, great for everyone who gets that. Uh, and I've had many things optioned myself, and I've had nothing made. <laughs> but like Roachum, it was one like we were like, we were like there, we were at the go line. It was to the point with sci-fi where like it was just through everybody waiting to sign like the final approval from like the up, up, up. We get this, we get them to sign, we're making it. We had the script, we had the director. I can't say who the director is, but I'll tell you what. She and she has blown up since this happened. And if she, oh my God, if we had her, if we had this episode, oh, that's the one that got away because she is real good. But anyway, she was attached to direct. We had the script uh, from from um, this guy, Will Pasco, who's a friend of mine. He's He had written for Orphan Black. Uh, he's currently show running uh, the Amazon show, Absentia great writer he wrote a great a great pilot we were like right there and then george r R. martin's night flyers came out and it was expensive and it was terrible and it bombed (laughs) (laughs) and sci-fi took one look at roche limit and they said oh another expensive space show nope (laughs) (laughs) so george r if you're mad about there not being a roche limit (laughs) show you Yeah, he it's, it's Nightfires I mean there's really no way around it. Nightflyers killed that show.
2: <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> um, yeah. um specifically because I think SciFi's alive
1: in another iteration though, I'll tell you that. I can't say much. But it, it. It yeah, that's good. Sorry, what was uh, that? What was your question,
2: right? Oh, I was just gonna say, um, uh I think sci-fi, like maybe ten years ago, I'd be like, maybe not, but like recently sci-fi has done some really, really great adaptations like deadly class and happy are both excellent adaptations yeah they are um, that are on sci-fi and i'm like wow i can't believe sci-fi krypton, made this krypton was good krypton Banana is surprisingly good. good yeah um so they were they were doing good stuff it's a shame hopefully it'll, it'll come back around somewhere though yeah
1: yeah it, there's a chance i I hope so and like you know it's just tough it's tough doing sci-fi because like or science fiction not the network it's tough doing science yeah. fiction it's <laughs> expensive, you know yeah. it's expensive to make these shows you know roche limit was not going to be cheap that's that was the big thing you know so it was an adaptation of volume two with flashbacks so the idea was that it was going to be the story of volume two with flashbacks of volume one weave throughout like two or three seasons oh. or whatever that was like the first big that was like the long game is the way that will uh format it was brilliant uh but it, it that was not a cheap show it was just not yeah. a cheap show and that's why like i mean yes i joke you know george r, r. martin night flyers but like once you see an expensive show fail it's hard to make another expensive show um, and Roshim was gonna be an expensive show
0: yeah. mm-hmm. Makes um, sense. Yeah. okay so you know that uh, I can't think we'll have to let you go but what's next for you what's what's uh, what's coming out for you
1: Um uh good question uh so i've got uh you know we already talked about wasted space uh the, the next Vime three just came out issue 16 comes out next month and then it goes you know we're going to 25 uh let's see i've got you know more star wars clone wars wraps up the relaunch comes uh shortly after that um i have a series called archangel 8 at awa which is just wrapping up and the trade comes out next month um Uh, The plot, which is also my series at fault. Two more issues exist today. It was an eight-issue series. We have seven and eight coming out uh, in the next uh, two or three months. And that. uh, What's else coming out? I think that's it. I'm kind of looking at what I my shelf of like, like my work shelf. Um, (laughs) I think that's it. That's all I can think of really. Um, So yeah, I mean, working on other stuff. You know that that'll be see the light of day eventually. Uh, so always busy, always working, always grateful and glad to be working. But, uh, yeah, trying to, trying to, I got, I got to wrangle, uh, Hayden, him and I are talking about what's next. So hopefully, you know, we'll take a little break and then do something together again. Cause he's, he's the greatest. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, just seeing what else. Oh, a new, a new vault series is coming. I think next year. I think it's coming next year that we're, uh, if you like waste space, it's very, it's very wasted spacey. it's wasted space and like I can't say much but a wasted space in a fantasy setting <laughs> and it is the it's crazy it's the one of the crazy things that I've ever written. I'm so excited that the art we're almost halfway done with it it's it's we're getting it all in the can uh nice. and uh it's really good. it's really it's, the artist is so good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 gonna be crazy. it's gonna be a wild series. I'm excited for that
0: awesome, awesome. Well, we're excited too uh, okay so where can they find you uh, in the meantime
1: um, yeah i mean usual social media I, mean, I kind of don't i stay off a little you know it's I'm, but i'm at michael maurici on instagram and and, and um twitter and my website is michael uh which i try to update and usually fail um uh, <laughs> but yeah those are the typical places is the is instagram and twitter are the best places for sure
0: okay very cool um well, that, that'll that do it then. Thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun. This was really great.
1: Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. This is great. I is great questions. It's so nice to talk to all of you. Thank you very much. Thank you for reading. Thank you for everything. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Maybe we'll, cool. maybe we can get you back on for the final volume of wasted space. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Like a, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, in memoriam, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. like some sort of like re- not a recap, but like a decompression or something like that. After all, of yeah, that okay. time, and- when we finally make it to 25, which is which is pretty wild.
0: All right. So, everyone watching this, don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Don't forget to like this video. Um, you can find us all at Fake Nerd Podcast on all the social medias fake nerdpodcast.com uh, is our website. You can find everything. Uh, got a lot of great shows here. Check out the links in the description below. Uh, All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, stay fake nerds.